Welcome back, Cryptonauts, to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Javarelli, and both Blockchain John and Crypto Lissa are out of, well, at least one of them is out of the country. John appears to be down in Mexico for a good, well-deserved vacation. And Lissa is actually at the Bitcoin conference, which we will be talking about shortly. Thanks for joining us for this. I'm going to be getting on to the top 10 news of the day, as well as the news. Top 10, no, top 10 news of the day? Top 10 crypto stats of the day, as well as the news. So let's get right into that, because I don't have anybody else to talk to. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. Uh, you're probably all aware that Bitcoin is down a good chunk, as you can probably see here from this chart. Bitcoin, currently the top coin, as it has been, as far as I've never known, down 8% in the last week to 43,327 and 53 US dollars. Current value, uh, market cap is 823.4 billion as of right now. And let's just take a look here at the market cap. What is the market cap at here? Almost 40%, 39.5% market dominance. That is Bitcoin right now. Ethereum in second place at 3182.20, down 6% over the last week at a market cap of $382.9 billion. And you can see the trend here is following. It's weird because I thought Ethereum wasn't tied to Bitcoin. Anyways, Tether in the third position, currently $1 because it's a stable coin, even though you can't see there is a minor increase over the last seven days. It's probably all the trading that's going on. It's your $75 billion in trade, which is more than the combi combined trade of both Bitcoin and Ethereum because everybody moves their coin to Ethereum. Market cap is almost the same as the 24-hour volume. Look at that, $82.5 billion market cap and $75.4 billion 24-hour trading volume on Tether. Yeesh. Really flying there. Binance BNB currently at 423.30 is a seven day loss of almost 5% and a market cap of 71.1 billion. Look at that. More volume in Tether than the total market cap of Binance. Continuing on here, USD coin, the fifth position, currently slightly under a dollar, but like I said, it's supposed to stay stable, so we're going to call it stable. A, a much lower trading volume of five and a half billion, but a market cap of fifty point nine, and you can see this, this the trend, the downward trend. Obviously, it's a stable coin, so it's not going to be quite as volatile as Bitcoin and Ethereum. Terra is now in sixth place at one hundred eight sixty seven, up two and a half percent in the last week, beating out pretty much everybody else. I know Tether has a positive gain, but it's a stable coin, so it doesn't move much. In any case, uh, 38.1 billion, still pretty far from USD coin, but definitely on the rise, beating out Solara. It's in seventh place, currently 114.20. Even though the price is higher, the volume is lower. A loss of 5.5% and a market cap of $37.2 billion, looking a lot like Bitcoin and Ethereum here. XRP is down 10%, slightly more than 10%, to 0.77. U.S. dollars and a market cap of 37.0, which is very close to Solana. Looks like they're fighting neck and neck right there. Cardano in ninth position uh, at $1.06 and also down in the double digits over the last week. Current market cap, $33.9 billion. And Avalanche rounding out the top 10, A336. Seven-day loss of the, I think, the most highest loss. 
Yeah, the highest loss of the top 10 currently falling the largest amount in the top 10, 13.2% to market cap of $22.3 billion. All these downward trends look pretty much the same. Over the last day, we've had a lot of pretty big fall. And also the last, the next uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 includes Polkadot, Dogecoin, and Binance, which is stable, Terra, which is stable, well, as stable as stable can be, and Shiba Inu at the top position here, or final position at an interesting $13,337 billion. So, where is Ethereum? 18.5%, so hasn't really changed all that much. Bitcoin appears to be taking a little bit more dominance in the total, total market, but still hasn't crossed over the 40%. Granted, the entire market is down almost 5%. Slightly above $2 trillion US dollars is the entire market capitalization for all crypto at this time, at least the ones we know of. And there's the 24-hour. If you haven't already collected your candies for CoinGecko, I highly recommend checking it out. There are all kinds of things you can get, such as discounts on services, books, and various NFTs whenever they come out. So make sure to collect your candies. I did this earlier today. I recommend if you haven't already done it, you should do it now. Now, if you're on the West Coast like I am here, West Coast of the United States, uh, I believe the turnover time is GMT, which is minus 7. So right around 5 p.m., which is about 8 o'clock now here, 8.30 or so, is when uh, CoinGecko's uh, rewards flip over. So you'll probably get a warning if you sign up for the notifications to remember to collect your candies before it expires every single day. Thank you. I appreciate everyone who has been watching up to this point. If you're just here to for the top 10 states, thank you very much. If you'd like to continue, we will be doing news shortly, but I would like to thank everybody who watches and listens to the show. Uh, we post every Wednesday and Sunday. I'm sorry if you guys didn't see the Sunday um, podcast go out. We were having a little bit of problem with our thumbnail generation, and so I didn't post it until just before the show started today. So, yes, we did have news, and I'm sorry that didn't go out until now. But, uh, yeah, we were... We were Something's wrong with our, our program that we're running to do it, and we lost, or at least I lost access to everything. Hopefully we get that fixed, but John's on vacation and not really all that accessible right now. But I don't really want to disturb the man when he's on vacation. <laughs> so, uh, But anyways, yeah, you can check, check us out on Discord. There's always stuff going on in Discord. Um, you can obviously talk to us there if you'd like to. Uh, we're on Patreon. You can help subscribe there if you'd like to help us out, and you can always donate through Binance, or rather, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Bat, and Raven coins. We accept all those formats. Actually, more than that. If you can't check out the, the Coin Tree link in the description below, particularly for those of you on YouTube, uh, you can see all the things you may donate to if you appreciate our content. We also like thumbs up. So thanks for your thumbs up. Continuing on with the news. there's. I, I just want to start with this. This was a CNBC news article because, of course, um, Bitcoin conference. 22 kicks off in Miami and of course the prices are going south and DeFi with Bitcoin in any case Cryptolissa if I mean I know you're there but if you guys are going to Bitcoin conference which isn't exactly inexpensive but if you're there or you're in Miami and you can get in Cryptolissa will be there representing um, C3 Media so talk to her if you can you know if you can find her <laughs> in the conference uh, she's going to be there the whole weekend so uh, head on down if you can. Get, get into a Bitcoin conference just for a couple days or one day or two days or we'll see what you can do. But check it out. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what uh, Crypto Alyssa brings us back. And she'll be handing out uh, these really neat cards that she made last second. So let's get on to the actual news beyond just that.
Oops. I always forget to do this because I'm using the private version. So, from China Kadeka, the crypto industry remains stable in the face of geopolitical crisis. It's surprising. In fact, despite the fact that all these amazing things have been going on with uh, uh, amazing, terrible things. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different word. Terrifying, terrible, terrific. Yeah, terrific is the word I'm looking for. Terrific used to be a bad word and now it's a good word. Terrific things going on uh, in uh, in the world. Ter that is terrifying, terrific. Uh, so, hacks and exploits have managed to fetch at least 1.2 billion, well, almost 1.2 billion, in the last in the first three months of 2022, the macro hues haven't been very favorable either. But the uncertainty and war-based nerves have failed to deter users in the blockchain space. DAP Radar reveals that the decentralized application or DAP industry has recorded a whopping 2.38 million daily active, daily unique active wallets or UAWs connected to the blockchain applications since the first quarter of 2022. We are currently in the second quarter of 2022. The latest, in the latest Q1 2022 DAP industry report shared by Crypto Potato, the analysis platform stated that blockchain usage has remained stable, even as it shed around 6% in Q4 2021. It's worth noting that the usage was up nearly 400% from Q1 2021. So in less than a year's time, 400% increase in usage. Modesta Masoit, head of uh, sorry, mispronounced your name. Head of Finance and Research for DAP Radar commented, quote, the industry is under a significant stress test and, so far, is handling things well and showing the true potential of cryptocurrencies and DAPs. Leading gaming projects solidified their position with DeFi embraced gamification to appeal to a broader audience, and quote. The exec also weighed in on NFT players and added, quote, NFT collectors have become ever savvier and seek actual utility as projects look to deliver and promises made and new projects keep emerging. This period feels reminiscent of the post-2017 ICO, or initial coin offering phase. Now it's time to see who's in for the long haul, end quote. Gaming dApps, which had a stellar 2021, have managed to keep their boat sailing despite representing a 5.8% decrease in the fourth quarter of last year. The hype around NFTs has indeed stalled, and while calls while calls for a bubble burst have started again, started to gain momentum, the space has generated $12 billion in trades in just the first quarter. This is excluding the figures from the controversial NFT marketplace looks rare for the uninitiated. The platform rose to prominence in terms of transaction volume this year, but reports suggest that the bulk of the transaction were due to wash sales, meaning users selling digital collectibles to themselves in order to earn more coins to basically falsely inflate the value. The industry total value locked or TVL and the number of unique active wallets, UAW, connected to DeFi dApps slumped significantly in tandem with the price of cryptocurrencies by the end of uh, by the end of March, the DeFi TFL took a reversal of 8.4% since December of 2021. However, the report also noted that despite the usage in TVL downturn, DeFi's appeal demonstrated consolidation and is evolving to broaden its appeal. The DeFi market was uh, has since undergone recovery and the Ethereum continues to dominate the leaderboard. Terra has managed to position itself as the second network in the terms of TVL and with $23 billion locked at the end of March, growing by 68% from Q4 of 2021. 
So that's kind of just a little bit of an overview. But yeah, I, I think that crypto has been remaining relatively stable despite the geopolitical uh, crisis that's going on in Ukraine, as well as any other major activities. Um, I think that a lot of the uh, political heads of state have been pondering much more explicitly what can actually happen in, you know, in the world revol revolving around cryptocurrency. And I think they're trying to take a harder stance, realizing at the same time, you can only really protect yourself in your own country. Ho hopefully, at least. So, further news here. How a BAYC, or Board Ape, Yacht Club owner was tricked into swapping his Board Ape, Board Ape NFT worth, at the time, 570000 US dollars for worthless JPEGs. Oh, I feel so far for this fellow. Antonia uh, Ichi writes, Another Board Ape Yacht Club owner has fallen victim to a social engineering attack targeting holders hodlers holders of premium non-fungible tokens in this case the victim thought they were swapping their reasonably rare board ape and mutant apes for other high value apes only to receive worthless jpegs in exchange the incident once again highlights the need for owners to blue chip nfts to painstakingly verify before approving transactions yeah it's annoying I completely understand, but man, when you know you've got 10 grand sitting on the line, <laughs> or in this case, <laughs> nearly $600,000, I would, I would want to be a little a little more certain of my transactions. Um, but I also don't have $600,000 to lose. So, uh, I, I mean, I don't, have it, I don't have it in the first place, so I can't lose it. NFT enthusiast Exo Quit first bought the story brought the story to light in a Twitter thread published on Tuesday. According to details provided by one board ape holder, dubbed S27, entered into, rather, this person, entered into a NFT swap with the scammer on the Swap Kiwi platform. Swap Kiwi is an NFT swapper that allows users to barter their collectibles in one transaction. To do so on a platform op like OpenSea would require significant gas-free payments. So, of course, they were trying to avoid you know, gas costs, but <laughs> ran into another problem. This is because the participants would have to list and transfer the NFTs to an escrow, basically. S27 was, however, unaware that the other participant in the trade was a rogue actor. While S27 put up the BAYC 1584 and two Mutant Ape Yacht Club, or MAYC NFTs, 13168 and 13169, the scammer put up knockoff NFTs. How do you know the difference, right? The rogue actor took advantage of inadequate verification protocols of the Swap Kiwi platform to engineer the scam, which means this is probably happening more than just this one time. Swap Kiwi does not have a feature that allows users to verify NFTs, and the check mark used by the platform can be spoofed easily. Leveraging on these flaws, the scammer was able to create fake Board Ape Yacht NFTs and trick S27 into thinking they were real. Once the swap happened, the rogue actor had the NFTs worth $570,000, while S27 was worth was left with worthless photoshopped fakes. Scammer in question immediately dumped the NFTs, selling them at a little over, little lower than the floor price of their respective collections. Swap Kiwi did react to the scam after by stating that it was working on improvements on its website that would prevent such things from happening in the future. NFT and other Web3 platforms have been known to have significant user experience issues that have led to massive losses. 
I guess they don't care, right? Earlier in the year, an OpenSea bug caused some NFT owners to have their collectibles sold at previous listing prices that ended up being lower than the current fair value. The incident once again shows that BAYC holders, as well as owners of the high-value NFTs, will continue to be targets of scammers and rogue actors. A fool and his money are soon parted, right? While celebrities flock to the NFT space to acquire blue-chip collections like BAYC, Holders continue to fall victim to phishing and other social engineering attacks. Some holders have been tricked into selling their board ape yachts, board apes rather, for as little as $115. I don't, I don't know if I feel sad for people who, I mean, I'm, I've been scammed. I think most people have had some version of scam. I got scammed on Alibaba, um, and I, it has definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. It was not $570,000. It was 570 times less than that. But it was still more than I wanted to lose. And uh, yeah, it's just really unfortunate. But there's, I'm, I should have put this exactly. Um, it, it's probably a good idea to go through a little bit more verification process per this, this article. Uh, if you're trading something that can be easily spoofed, Probably, probably it would have been a good idea to have paid those fees. Just saying. I mean, yeah, I'm not in that boat, and I really do feel bad for people who who get duped. I do, and I, it does it does rile me up because it, I, I, as I said before, I've been duped as well. Um, but it it really does bear repeating that it is so incredibly important to verify your sources. <laughs> so, in other news, Goldman Sachs to roll out. Over-the-counter Ether options trading. That's what OTC is. So this is from Jordan Leinchev. After years of bashing the cryptocurrency industry, the Wall Street behemoth has started numerous such initiatives over the past several months. The latest reporting by Bloomberg reveals the bank's intention to roll out over-the-counter ETH options trading due to enhanced client demand. That is, people want to buy this stuff. Go figure. Citing Andre Kostanev, Kazantsev, uh, Goldman's head of crypto trading. The coverage informed that the cash settle ETH options feature is in due course. The executive revealed that the bank's institutional clients had shown a growing interest in the digital asset industry. George Lewin Smith, operating as Goldman's digital asset team, asserted that the Ether has become more of an investable asset class, according to customers. As such, Goldman decided to foray by introducing option trading, with Bitcoin being the first example last month, as Crypto Potato had previously reported. The -the over-the-counter option, uh, Bitcoin options trading became possible after Goldman partnered with Galaxy Digital. However, Bloomberg's report doesn't specify if this will be the case with the -the over-the-counter ETH options. The bank's executive also indicated that the upcoming merge, an event that will see Ethereum's blockchain transition from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake, that is from physical mining to effectively digital mining, has also contributed to the growing customer demand. People want to get in on this. Last year, Goldman outlined bullish price projections for the second-largest digital asset, saying it could tap eight grand by its end. What didn't happen as much as I, I personally would have liked to have seen it. It's worth noting that Goldman was among the most vocal crypto critics up until recently, but is among the many Wall Street giants that have changed their stance. 
So yeah, um, I guess it's, I mean, it's all about the money, right? People, they want money. These guys pretty much deal in money only. And they didn't see money in it. Now they're seeing money in it. So now that they figured out how they can actually sell people on their ideas about how to make money, they're going to do that. And it's all about the money, right? Not about the blockchain. That's sarcasm. I don't know why it said that out loud. Starbucks will enter the metaverse business in 2022, CEO confirms. It's from Felix Mullen. On April 4th, the billionaire entrepreneur of CEO Starbucks, Howard Schultz, announced in an open forum that the company is planning to enter the NFT business before the end of 2022. The news was confirmed by the company of, uh, rather, the company itself a few hours later. Although Schultz did not provide an exact date as to when the company would move into the NFT world, he assured that it will be sometime before the end of the calendar year. Well, at least it's not the sixth of never. During his speech, Schultz asked the audience how many had heard about NFTs. He also inquired as to how many of them had been involved in NFTs or participated in NFT investments. Even though the room fell practically silent, Schultz explained that the ecosystem was young and the Starbucks had the best tools and collections to move into the new ecosystem. Quote, if you look at the companies, these the brands, the celebrities, the influencers that are trying to create a digital NFT platform and business, I can't find one of them that has the tre- treasure trove of assets that Starbucks has from collectibles to the entire heritage of the company, end quote. Schultz's new appointment as CEO of the company could bring an even more crypto-friendly Starbucks. It's important to note that other mainstream companies are not only sponsoring NFT drops, but are creating new crypto experiences like stores in the metaverse or collaborations with other crypto projects. As Schultz pointed out in his talk, Starbucks is not just a beverage brand, but a company with years of tradition, history, and collectibles found around the world that a digital artist alone could not compete against. That is to say, the company sets its mind. Uh, if the company sets its mind to it, it could create one of the largest NFT marketplaces in the world. Even if they were to partner with other similar brands in the industry, such as Coca-Cola, Budweiser, or Pepsi-Cola, the amount business amount of business opportunities could be huge especially considering that these brands are already used to please the customer base with collectibles like cans bottles and special editions of their favorite beverages starbucks valued uh, valuation is about 96.7 billion while that of OpenSea and nft marketplace founded in 2017 is already surpassing 13.3 billion so it's not surprising that large companies want to start investing in these new technologies And there sure is room for everyone when it comes to developing business opportunities related to NFTs and the metaverse. For just for reference, Citi argues that in the upcoming years, the space could become a $13 trillion opportunity, which makes Starbucks valuation pale in comparison. Um, I'd like to speak a little bit to the idea of NFTs and their use with uh, brick and mortar companies, which is effectively what Starbucks is in this case. Uh, that making things that you can buy that have other uses, NFTs obviously being one of those things, uh, it could be things like a permanent coupon. I, I don't think that anybody from Starbucks uh, uh, C-suite listens to this podcast, but if they do, <laughs> or somebody knows of them that does, 
Uh, I'm making suggestions, and no, I don't need to be paid for these, but uh, I just thought it might be practical to um, to make note of the things that I think NFTs are practical for in in that use case. So there's all kinds of neat things that one can do, and of course you can have things that are uh, relative in the metaverse. Um, but I would think that a lot of people not are are not just interested in the collectibles. I realize that is a a direct source of funding that you get you know, almost free money from. Uh, I really like NFTs can be one of those things, but they need to be practical. It can't just be, you know, uh, useless. Sure, people like their drinks. Sure, they like to have mugs and cups and CDs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, maybe even T-shirts that represent. But what I'm saying NFTs can be useful for is not just branding, but in a sense, a functional branding. So uh, if you can get something that is permanently useful or uniquely accessible as in like oh well let's say you've been a customer of starbucks for you know 20 years i would say that's a wor thing worthy of giving an nft a person uh, a person an nft for like hey we recognize you've been a customer of ours for a very long time and this nft is that reward a unique thing that you possibly could sell but why would you want to if that was indeed something you wanted to keep you know it's it's a it's a badge um it's there's, there's so many other options i i think i should probably talk about this later but uh, Schultz, call me. My information is in Discord. <laughs> Continuing on here. Uh, Blockchain.com launches asset management service for institutional investors, HNI's family offices, written by Arun Servistov. Oh, I'm sorry, Arun. Servistov. Servistov. Blockchain.com launched an asset management service, or BCAM, on Wednesday. The new business arm has been created in partnership with Altis Partners, an investment management company with a focus on futures portfolios. The new asset management brand will target institutional investors, family offices, and high net worth individuals. Great. People with lots of money. Uh, not surprising. That's where you get the money from, right? Said a media report. One of the products that BCAM plans to offer is tracking the price of Bitcoin versus the dollar. As per the, the arrangement, Altus Partners will leverage its strengths in futures investment management, while Blockchain.com will bring the rest of the resources for the new venture. It will also provide algorithm-based risk management exposure to reduce the volatility of investing in Bitcoin. Terming the asset management service a big opportunity, Charles Magara, chief strategy officer at Blockchain.com, said the company is trying to focus on institutional business through BCAM. By acquiring Singapore-based uh, Alto Autonomy, OTC, over-the-counter trading, and execution business last month, Blockchain.com has already added thousands of institutional clients. Last week, the firm raised a round, new round of funding, which I don't care about, so I'm not going to continue on that. And here, after 10 years of, uh, after its inception, Blockchain.com revealed that it had crossed the milestone of $1 trillion in transactions. Yoo-hoo! Lots of money. It's a big number. I'm not going to read the rest of that. So I uh, just kind of halfway through this, this article realized this is an ad for blockchain.com and I apologize for reading it. Litecoin Foundation, pardon me, Litecoin Foundation and Antpool formed a new organization focused on decentralized apps. This is by Jordan Lanchev. Litecoin Foundation, a community-run organization committed to the development and adoption of Litecoin, announced a partnership with the digital currency mining platform Antpool to form LTC Labs or Litecoin Labs. 
The newly established research laboratory will be dedicated to developing anonymous transactions, uh, decentralized applications, Litecoin-based wallets, and other projects within the Litecoin system. Also, Antpool promised to donate half of its Litecoin mining earnings each month to support the partnership of and fund the Litecoin Labs. Litecoin Labs, woo yeah, Carly uh, Lee, the creator of Litecoin, greeted the partnership with open arms. This is following tweet here. According to the release uh, issued by Litecoin Foundation, the new project is currently working on a DAO with 10 founding members, six of which come from Ampool, four of which come from Litecoin Foundation. Therefore, Ampool will have a controlling share on the board. Lee also revealed that the labs will use Gnosis and Snap Snapshot to vote on how to use the fund, and a minimum of five people voting yes is required to pass a proposal. So it's a 50% majority. Well, I don't know if that's a majority, but once it confirmed, the labs will be a, the reality.eth crowdsource smart control oracle to make sure the funds are delivered correctly to the projects that are being funded. Mimblewimble extension block, or MWeb, rather, considered that the largest upgrade of to Litecoin ever promised to provide fungibility for all while improving Litecoin's scalability at the same time. The update, which includes major enhancements to privacy and security, was first activated by Antpool February 26 of this year, 2021. Up uh, 22, pardon me. The initial code was officially completed on March 15, 2021. I think that's where I accidentally read that. But the first Litecoin release contained, containing the uh, Mimblewimble code has only gone live on January 31st, 2022, that being this year. So it's good to see Litecoin getting into other functionality. I mean, it was one of the biggest coins for the longest time before <laughs> Ethereum took that role. So... It'll be, I'll be interested to see more news about that in the future. So here's some juicy news. I don't know if Scaramucci himself is. Anthony Scaramucci opposes Warren Buffett and Jamie Dimon for their anti-crypto stance. This is by Dimitar Zanzarov. The outspoken proponent of the cryptocurrency industry, Anthony Scaramucci, urged investors to ignore Berkshire Hathaway's CEO, Warren Buffett, and the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, Demon, excuse me. Uh, Demon? Demon. Demon, no. <laughs> Who have criticized the digital asset sectors numerous times. Scaramucci argued that these people had not done their homework, which was why they have not entered the crypto market. On the other hand, prominent investors such as Paul Tudor Jones, Stan Druckenmiller, and Druckenmiller, pardon me, and Steve Cohen had done sufficient research on the matter and jumped on the bandwagon. Scaramucci Eddie added, apart from having keen supporters, the digital asset sector has its strong opponents, too. Two of these are the Oracle of Omaha, otherwise known as Warren Buffett, as well as J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon. A few years ago, the former, former called Bitcoin rat poison, which cannot be considered a real investment, but speculative gambling. In the following years, Buffett reiterated his anti-crypto viewpoint, while his Right-hand man, Charlie Munger, wished digital assets were never invented. Dimone shared similar thoughts uh, throughout the last couple of years. He warned investors to stay away from Bitcoin, arguing that it cannot compare with traditional fiat currencies and gold. Before that, he called the leading digital asset a fraud. According to Skybridge Capital founder Anthony Scaramucci, the bashing manifest 
is because Buffett and Demon have not have either not researched the matter or because they are at a stage in their career where it is too late for change. Quote, these sorts of traditional finance people have made a decision not to do the homework or maybe they would have done the homework and they would have decided that it's just too big of a change for them to for them at this stage in their career. Scaramucci also took aim at the 98-year-old Charlie Munger, who uh, admired the Chinese ban on all cryptocurrency endeavors and wished that the U.S. authorities would do the same. Quote, There's been a pandemic, global wars, and genocides, and apparently Bitcoin is the worst thing for civilization. Bitcoin doesn't care, Scaramucci says. As stated before, Skybridge Capital Executive opined that the individuals who get familiar with the merits of cryptocurrency industry will ultimately allocate some of their wealth to it. Quote, if you do your homework and you end up investing some portion of your assets in cryptocurrency and what we're calling Web3, end quote. Such greats in the industry, in the investment industry, include Paul Tudor Jones, Stan Druckenmeier, Dan Loeb, and Stephen Cohen, have all realized the potential of their asset class and entered the ecosystem, Scaramucci added. The CEO of Tudor Investment Corporation, Paul Tudor Jones, is indeed one of the biggest advocates of the sector, and more specifically, Bitcoin. He's claimed numerous times that the primary digital asset is the best inflation hedge, superior even to gold. Additionally, Stephen Cohen, a different Cohen, <laughs> uh, who previously doubted the asset class, recently changed his stance and placed himself among the supporters. I'm not sure if Steve Cohen in this pronunciation is the wrong one. Unless he just spelled it wrong the first time or the second time. I'm not really all that sure. But I would just like to um, point out that uh, it's my opinion. I can't really state, you know, say what Warren Buffett is. If I were at the intelligence level when it comes to the market of Warren Buffett, I would probably be similarly uh, wealthy to him. But I would also, despite my enthusiasm for cryptocurrency, take Scaramucci's comments with a grain of salt. He seems to be a lot more of a blowhard. I'm not saying he doesn't have money. I'm not saying he hasn't been somewhat successful, far more than I have, if you're, measure, if you're measuring stick his dollars. Um, but um, he has a tendency to be a little, like I said, uh, pufferish. Pufferish? Is that a word? Um, air, speaking hot air, blowing hot air, I guess. Uh, and I just, I just don't necessarily follow his reasoning. I'm sure he could call me a number of things, but I also don't think that would be very becoming of a person who claims to have inside knowledge on the market. So, on to another article about yet another venture capitalist or person that's big into money stuff. By Another one by Dimitar Zanzarov. This is why Mark Cuban is very bullish on Ethereum 2.0. The American billionaire Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban, is excited about Ethereum's shift from a proof-of-work model to proof-of-stake for two key reasons. He believes the so-called merge will significantly cut the protocol's energy consumption. I think that's definitely true, and it could turn Ether into a deflationary asset. This summer, Ethereum is expected to change its infrastructure from energy-intensive mining model to proof-of-work or rather proof-of-work, to proof-of-stake, POS, making the blockchain protocol less harmful to the environment. Many investor, uh, investors and participants in the crypto space think the upgrade will be beneficial for Ethereum and will accelerate its dominance. One such individual is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban. Just so we know, he also owns a basketball team. 
he said that this, that the after, he said that after the transition, Ethereum will have a much greener focus, which should increase its adoption among the broader population. Additionally, Cuban predicted that the transition will possibly make Ethereum a deflationary asset. The billionaire explained that the coin's supply will reduce drastically while the process of minting new ETH will be slower. That's a process, not necessarily the transactional speed. Quote, following the merge, the amount of ETH issued is predicted to drop by 90%, leading to similar, similar fees to reduce Ether supply as, by as much as 5% a year. Blockchain analyst company Into the Block suggested earlier this year, Cuban said, that was an end quote rather, Cuban said that he had not invested in the beacon chain, but admitted to allocating some of his wealth to ETH and numerous projects built on the Ethereum blockchain. Despite being against the asset class in the past, the entrepreneur has is keenly is keen currently a keen keenly a current advocate. He often praises Bitcoin's merits, arguing that it is a better financial tool than gold. His NBA team, that's basketball. The Dallas Mavericks accepts digital assets as a main payment for tickets and merchant projects, even as, um, as even the popular meme coin Dogecoin is one of them. Oh, that's actually fascinating. I did not know he did that. Maybe I just missed the news on it. However, Cuban seems to have a special viewpoint on Ethereum. In October last year, he advised beginners in the crypto space to select ETH as an investment choice as it is the biggest upside potential. Quote, as an investment, I think Ethereum has the most upside. Prior to that, he gave three reasons why Ethereum will dwarf Bitcoin in the future. Those are the higher number of transactions, the diversity of transaction types, and the development efforts in Vitalik Buterin's crypto brainchild. I think it's kind of vague, um, although that is just their writing of it. But uh, I have a very different stance than Mark Cuban. Honestly, I probably agree more with Warren Buffett when it comes to Ethereum. Ethereum is junk, and I really am disappointed that it, I'm not saying I'm disappointed that it exists, I'm disappointed that it continues to be popular. There's so many better options out there. Dynamo is one of them. Yes, yes, I am still saying that, and it's because I think Dynamo is a good idea. Continuing on with further news. Miami mayor wants to integrate Bitcoin into every aspect of society. This guy worked for... Uh, um, Nayib Bukele, the president of El Salvador? I don't know. Francis Suarez, the Bitcoin-loving mayor of Miami, wishes to see Bitcoin integrated into American society at all levels. At the Bitcoin 2022 conference on Wednesday, he articulated a Bitcoin-centric vision for the future that he called a vi vision for Bitcoin in America 2024. Suarez joined County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava and Mayor uh, Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber in providing opening remarks at this year's Bitcoin conference, which takes place in his city. All three showed enthusiasm about turning the region into a blockchain hub while educating residents about the technology. Appearing in Bitcoin-themed shoes, Suarez explained that the three necessary components for magnifying the cryptocurrency's role across the country. Firstly, he stressed the importance of electing pro-Bitcoin candidates. <laughs> That's funny, sorry. Yes, the next president of the United States has to be pro-Bitcoin candidate, he declared. Well, I don't know if that'll be Trump then. 
what's at stake is federal legislation that could either propel us into the next generation or set us back. Last month, the cryptocurrency community waited with anxious anticipation over President Biden's executive order on crypto. Though he has chosen responsible regulation over the industry over an outright ban, he also pushed for urgent CBDC development on which he suggests the U.S. was falling behind China. Well, I, I agree with that. Suarez stated that the United States should never agree on anything with Russia and China when it comes to Bitcoin. Russia has chosen to disallow anonymous crypto transactions as part of its regulations, while China has chosen to ban the assets outright or entirely. However, both nations are showing interest in digitizing their existing currencies. The mayor's second goal is to integrate Bitcoin into every aspect of our society this year. Quote, we need to make sure that we can go into a convenience store and buy stickers with a Satoshi. Uh, that would be a really expensive, is it expensive or cheap Snickers? It'd be a cheap Snickers. <laughs> um, or with, he probably said with Satoshis. As far as final goal, a uh, stated goal is to unleash the macro power of Bitcoin. This means allowing it to democratize and create wealth for poor communities getting decimated by inflation due to rampant money printing. Indeed, about 80% of U.S. dollars in existence were printed between March 2020 and October of 2021 alone. Meanwhile, Bitcoin supply is programmatically, uh, programmatically fixed at 21 million coins, with the last 2 million to be mined over, the, over approximately 120 years. It's going to be a while, yeah. As such, Suarez called for American, uh, America rather, to lean into Bitcoin's generational wealth creation opportunity and to allow people to transmit money outside of the banking system. Well, I agree with him on some things. I'm not particularly fond of Bitcoin itself, but, you know, lightning sits on top of Bitcoin. Yep, more subscription possibilities. $400 million in liquidations as Bitcoin dumped to 10 days lows. It's more just an update than actual news, but yeah. Duran Livechev writes, The number of liquidated traders shot up 100, above 100000 and The total wrecked amount is above $400 million as Bitcoin dumped to its lowest price position since March 25th, which was only a few, well, a week and a half ago. Most altcoins are currently in, in even worse shape. And I'm not going to go into more details, but you can read this for yourself. Basically, something spooked the market, and the market peaked out of you know, $400 million. So it'll come back. It always does. And it, I'm not saying to buy Bitcoin or Ethereum. I'm not saying to buy whatever. You do your own research. But I personally have diversified my coins across quite a bit of different coins because who knows what's going to win, right? Yes, I have a lot of Dynamo. Yes, I'm mining Dynamo on a regular basis. Yes, I think Dynamo is brilliant. Um, if nothing more than because we're, if you're talking about like investing in a company, you have to look at the management, the people who are behind it, the people who are making it work. If those people are good, then you know the product will be good. And that's why I keep talking about it. So um, just this last little bit here is another piece of news. It wasn't actually from Crypto Potato. This is from BuzzFeed. They scanned their... Oh, excuse me, not the beginning. The beginning here is Worldcoin promised free crypto if they scanned their eyeballs with the orb. <laughs> now they feel robbed. The Sam Altman-founded crypto startup has said it aims to alleviate global poverty. You know there's help the homeless, right? HTH coin? But so far, it has angered the very people it claims to be helping. As 
Kud Zenai, Zen Zenai, that's right, strolled through the mall with friends. A small crowd caught his attention. At the center, three men held up an otherworldly silver sphere that spoke in a brisk business-like voice. The men worked for a cryptocurrency company called Worldcoin, which had come to countries across Africa with a proposition for locals. The men were offering all comers a anybody basically a t-shirt and a voucher worth $20 of world coin which was which one of the men boasted would appreciate 500% sure it will all anyone has to do to claim the prize was get their eyes scanned by this futuristic device which they called the orb Kudzayani a 32 year old truck driver needed the money face detected said the orb in a robotic robo staccato voice when one of the men pointed it at Kuziana. Open your eyes. The machine stared back at him for about 30 seconds before the men fiddled with their phones and told them they were done. When BuzzFeed News texted Kuziani uh, months later to ask him about his experience, he initially thought the message had come from Worldcoin representative. You're thieves, he texted back in anger. They robbed me of my money. I'm sorry, I should not read that in an accent. They robbed me of my money. Worldcoin promised to start to jumpstart the global crypto revolution with an audacious plan to give out digital money to all 7.9 billion people on Earth. To spread its crypto gospel across the planet, Worldcoin recruited a core of orb operators, whose job it was to scan people's irises in order, they said, to keep people from claiming their payment multiple times. The founders included a high, the high-profile tech investor, Sam Altman, uh, have said their goal is to ultimately is ultimately to lift billions out of poverty through a universal basic income stop top silicon valley venture firms andreessen horowitz which also invests in budfeed and colsa ventures poured millions into the outfit the currency has not yet been launched but a buzzfeed news investigation has found that worldcoin is already wrestling with a host of problems from managing angry orb operators to Concerns that the company is using its cryptocurrency as a way to amass millions of biometrics and the perfect and perfect a, a perfect rather a new kind of, of authentication technology for the blockchain era. Confident company presentations, uh, confidential company presentations, orb operator contracts, internal marketing materials, more than 100 screenshots of discussions between orb operators and Worldcoin executives, and interviews with eight current uh, and former operators reveal the company has angered the very people it was trying to set out to help. So this article is very long and I'm not going to read all of it because it's actually ridiculously long and if you'd like to read the whole thing I welcome you to it. But uh, basically it's it's not exactly BitConnect but it's kind of how do I put this? If you've ever backed a, um, a startup like um, uh, not GoFundMe, but um, any of the startup programs, out, the startup um, ideas that are out there, Indiegogo is one of the places I think of. A lot of these people get an idea in their head, make the page, which is very easy to do. I'm not saying that uh, Worldcoin didn't have a lot of technology in their orb, orb concept. They obviously had a minimum viable project in that sense. But getting something off the ground and making it work on a consistently regular basis is really challenging. Having 
speaking from experience on a number of failed projects I've been involved with over the years. Silicon Valley is certainly a place, which I have lived, and is a place for finding projects like these. But not all businesses succeed. So I'm sorry to those people who have been wronged, at least as they feel, by Warcoin. But, um, yeah. My, it might not work. Maybe you get screwed out of it. And it, you may not be made whole. But I would say if I gave any, any advice explicit to an idea, don't invest more than you're willing to lose. This is true even of wealthy people like Mark Cuban. If he put 10% of his wealth or value into something, and that was $400 million worth, I don't know what his total net value is, uh, I think he might be a little disappointed to lose 10% of his wealth. But he could afford to lose it. If you put in $20, and that $20 was a quarter of your wealth, or your current value, that's a lot to lose, and I think you know that. So, if you need the money, don't part with it. If you can part with $20 reasonably, I won't feel lost if you, if, if, if you lose it. Then you're probably safe. But don't part with more than you're willing to lose. So that's all I have for the news for the day. Thank you for listening this far, if you have gotten this far in our, in our news podcast. Uh, John and Alyssa uh, will be back next week. So this Sunday I will also be podcasting alone. John will not be back until after tax day, which in the United States this year, I believe, is April 17th. So we won't be having him on the podcast for a while, um, but Alyssa will be back shortly after Bitcoin. I'm sure she'll have a lot to tell us about her experiences there at the Bitcoin 2022 conference in Miami. So thank you all for again for joining. Uh, if you'd like to check us out on Discord, we'd appreciate it. If you want to help us out on Patreon, we'd appreciate that there too. And if you'd like to donate to Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Bat, or Raven, we, you may do that through the coin tree link in the description at the bottom of the video. Thank you all for listening to the show. And as John always says, stack sets and hodl. Adios.